missed the four games against the Cardinals, and he makes up for lost time with a long drive to left center out of the ballpark for a two-run homer. And three pitches into this game, the Mets have a 2 nothing lead. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Shea Station podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Jack, a.k.a. Jolly. Joining me as always is my guy, Gerald, Jerry Blevins. The Mets have just won another series at Chorus Field, taking two out of three from the Rocks. They're 28-15, and 15. they're flying high. Jerry, how you doing? I'm great, man. Good, good clip. Good, good Gary Cohen clip. That's like that? awesome. The, the home run for Starling Marte after coming off the bereavement list. Beautiful uh, moment. That was cool, man. Yeah, I'm trying to get a different intro for us every time. Keep it fresh. Keep it in tune it. with everything. Today is a very special day, Monday, May 23rd. It is the birthday of our guy, our fearless leader, Buck Showalter. He's celebrating, I think, 66 years on planet Earth. So happy birthday, Buck. Hope he has a good one today with the Mets win. Uh, happy birthday to the fearless leader, Mr. Buck Showalter. Uh, it is his birthday. He is 66 years old today. It. Beautiful. Doing it. Happy for Buck. Hopefully uh, the Mets uh, give him a nice present today. Uh, they sure gave him, they will. They gave him an early present yesterday by wrapping up another serious win against the Colorado Rockies. These guys have been on a roll. Uh, they don't lose two games in a row pretty much ever, and I'm very excited to talk about them today. It's another good series win. Honestly, like... A lot of great, a couple great moments from this series, but it kind of just felt like business as usual a little bit. Kind of feels like the norm now. It did, yeah. Especially with what kind of the 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 loss of Scherzer, yeah, with McGill going down. We had you know Trevor Williams coming in. We needed Cookie a little bit of a bounce back. So we had some you know possibilities of a little bit of a snowball effect heading us uh, down a negative path. But the Mets do what they they've done business as usual. Next man up in this in this, you know, season of 2022 so far. And they took care of business, man. They they won two out of three in a very difficult place to play uh, in Coors Field and a team that's been dominating at home. And we took two out of three, won the series and we're off to San Francisco. Hell yeah. So Friday we got snowed out, which, uh, you know, usually doesn't happen in May, but it happened for our Mets. So they didn't get to play their first game of the set. Saturday turned into a doubleheader. I honestly thought that the doubleheader might get canceled too because of how much it was snowing in the morning. But uh, the skies just cleared up. The grounds crew did an awesome job clearing the field, and we were ready to go at 3 p.m. Eastern time. That's when Starling Marte cracked a two-run homer on the first pitch back from the bereavement list. Very happy for him. Very sweet moment. Uh, The Mets grabbed an early 2-0 lead. Patrick Mazzico, who's been getting a lot of playing time in the absence of McCann, he had a two-run double in the second. Uh, That was paved by a Jose Iglesias throwing error, and this was all Cookie needed. Uh, In his first start ever at Coors Field, he looked like he had been pitching there for years. Five and a third innings, one earned run, seven hits. No walks for Cookie in the start, which is becoming a regular thing. Four strikeouts on 87 pitches. Cookie has more starts this season than he does walks. Eight to seven there, which is a crazy stat. And then the Mets just kind of handled business from there on. Adam Adovino, Drew Smith, and Seth Lugo went three and two-thirds scoreless in relief. Drew went three up, three down on nine pitches. That was really nice to see because he's been kind of shaky lately. So a nice scoreless adding there for him. Lugo tossed two innings, which is also a very welcome sight. He hadn't, he hadn't done that in almost a year since August 3rd of 2021. So that was very cool. The Mets just went two for 13 with runners in scoring position. They left 10 men on base, but it didn't matter because they outplayed a team that they should have outplayed. And one game, one five to one, and as always, Jerry gets the short end for game two. 
Yeah, quick game one. <laughs> yeah. I love seeing Drew Smith go three up, three down, and then yeah. Lugo tossing two really good clean innings was great. Uh, game two, as the aforementioned, uh, you know, bleak outcome for my only game of the series, uh, the Mets lose. So let's see what happened. Trevor Williams taking the rubber after pitching four shutout innings against the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, he gets Ty Block making his first start in a few years um, for the Colorado Rockies in game two. The Mets, but despite three hits in the first inning, don't score a run, which is kind of rare these days. Um, so they leave leave some chances out there in the bottom of the first. C.J. Crone, who I mentioned in the series preview as a hot hitter, tagged Trevor Williams in a first inning two-run home run. Uh, the Mets grabbed two right back and a needle RBI single and a Nimmo sack fly in the second. Rockies respond again with uh, Brian Servin, who in his first big league hit, has a two-run home run to left. Good for him, not good for your Mets. Uh, Trevor Williams gets roughed up here in four innings, four runs, three hits, two strikeouts, and those two home runs. Um, and then in the sixth, it's four to it, he makes it four to three with J, JD Davis as an RBI single. Then for some reason, he decides that he wants to steal second base with two outs. Um, the Mets, you know, he gets thrown out for the third out there with with uh, Nito, who already had an RBI up. Um, and then in the bottom of the six, it's four to three. This is where the kind of wheels fall off. Adonis Medina falters, gives up five. Shreve gives up five. Um, and then Reed and Jolie toss two scoreless. But the Mets lose 11 to three after having a chance at four to three. And then the sixth inning just kind of fell apart for them. They lose game two of the only game I get in this series for another L for your boy Blev. <laughs> I think I need to um, I, I want to pull up the stats of like our game recaps, like our record in game recap, because I feel like the Mets just lose game. Yeah, two you, every always time. Get, you always get one and three. So a lot of the three run or three game series, you're getting first and third. And I, mean, I only get one. So your your total is higher. I'm just, a you know, you're the reliever. I'm just yeah. picking my spots. And like, but you're getting all the dubs. We can't switch up the juju, Jerry. Like we have to keep like if they keep I'm winning, taking it for the team. Them. All right. You're a team player. I appreciate that. Also. I think Brian Servin uh, fulfills the profile of the Met killer perfectly. I had yeah. no idea who he was coming into this series. He's a backup catcher, and he crushed two home runs in one game. It just two makes home runs in perfect a, sense. In a, yeah, wonderful man. Uh, he looked good too. He, obviously, yeah. we talked about him throwing out. He had his two first hits in the big leagues are two home runs, two two run home runs. Yeah, very nice. And uh, he threw out JD Davis, like you know the the speed guy that's you know <laughs> running all over the place. Yeah, so J.D. Uh, kind of killed the rally there, even though he had an RBI hit. That kind of just set in motion the Game 2 loss. So it was important to come back strong in Game 3. Uh, I did not have a pitching duel between Austin Gomber and Taiwan Walker in my book at Coors Field, but that's exactly what happened. Uh, Walker was really, really good in this start. He struck out a season-high six batters, seven shutout innings for Taiwan, five hits, two walks. No home runs yet again for Taiwan Walker, which is a really good sign, especially at that high elevation in Coors Field through 97 pitches. He's the only pitcher in MLB this season to throw at least seven scoreless inside Coors Field, which is very cool. Uh, he escaped first and second, nobody out in the seventh. Yeah, Buck stuck with his guy, which I love. It, you can run into some problems there, but Buck trusted his starter. He got the double play and then another ground ball after that. The Mets came through against Austin Gomber. Gomber has a pretty good track record against us. He shut us out, I think, over eight innings last year, and then he was pretty good through six this time around. The Mets cracked him in the seventh thanks to another uh, costly error by the Rockies, a Grichik fielding error, which did not look good. 
kind of fielded no. like an infielder in right field. But like, know. yeah, yeah. It bounced on him a little bit yeah. uh, higher than he had expected. And Nimmo with a base hit ends up on third. Yeah, great awareness by Nimmo Jeez. too. Could have easily just ended up at second there and said he took the turn and well, went to third. You know, that's what you get for all those sprints down first base. Every once in a while, they'll pay off. And he got exactly. an extra base there and that puts the pressure on immediately. Yep. And Lindor, who is always catching slack every single day for some reason, came through with an RBI single to make it one nothing. Uh, Alonzo's RBI ground up gave him 37 RBIs on the year, tied for first in MLB with Jose Ramirez. And then the bullpen, spotless again. Adovino walked two batters but got through it. Joely Rodriguez got his clutch out as always, and then Edwin Diaz came out uh, for his 10th save of the year, struck out two batters. The Mets win this one 2-0. They take the series two games to one. They improve to 28-15. and And here's the kicker, the most fun stat about the Mets this year. They've won 14 consecutive games following a loss. They haven't lost back-to-back games since April 10th and 11th. That's incredible. Yes. And that's the only time, one time they've lost two games in a row. That's just wild. Uh, that shows you, you know, what kind of fight this team has on a day in day basis. Uh, they, they play until the last pitch is thrown and then uh, they play every day, man, every game, even twice a day, they were coming for your throats. Yep. This is a bulldog of a team. Doesn't matter who's on this roster. They are trying to win every pitch, every inning, every game. It's awesome. Bring the snow, bring the rain. It doesn't matter. The Mets are going to get you in the end. So that's a great way to kick off the West Coast road trip. Yeah. Uh, another stat I saw, which I, I was surprised by, but it does make sense because of just kind of the formula of this team. The Mets have yet to win more than three games in a row, but they've won three games in a row five times this season. So they're not a streaky team, really. You're kind of seeing what you get. Like every other day, the Mets are going to lose a game and they're going to rattle off a couple wins and they just don't lose series. And I think it's a good formula because, you know, with these streaky teams sometimes, like we saw the Cardinals going like a 20 game winning streak last year. Um, Obviously, that's great and a really fun watch for Mets fans uh, or baseball fans in general. But I just I don't if it ain't if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's kind of my moniker right now for this team. Yeah, man, it's it's a beautiful brand of baseball. It's it's a sustainable. They're not doing anything crazy. You know, we talked about it a few times how the the analytics department of people would see on paper how the Mets are winning and their exit velocity is down because they're just blooping it. But it's strategic. And if you're watching this team, you're seeing what they're trying to do. They're hitting it the other way. Uh, I do think the Mets are capable of having like one of those 20 game streaks because They've got a lot of guys that aren't hitting home runs. And if those all kind of come together for a run, you're going to see them just destroy teams. Um, but this is the type of fight they have. They're just going to, they're going to take the the base hit through the hole. Lindor hasn't, he isn't hitting 300, but he's getting clutch when he has RBI opportunities, yep. which is, you can't, you know, on paper, you're like, what, how does he have so many RBI? It's a freak thing, but he's coming up clutch. He, yeah. when, a, when he needs to go the other way, he goes the other way. When he needs to pull it, he pulls it. Sack, fly, all the above. And so it's good. I, I wanted to say one thing about these Colorado Rockies before we move on. Yep. Uh, Connor Joe, uh, maybe the silkiest hair in all the land. Great ball player. Good, really good. Played a good first base, made some really good plays in right field, but that hair, I have to give a shout out silky straight black hair i was like is that is he wearing like a do-rag or like a a bandana or something clean just silky as a guy who had the long hair for a while uh, pretty impressed you gotta ask him what products he uses 
and we can take some uh, notes. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, I I think that he might have the best smile on the Rockies. I think that he may be their Mister Smile. Like ours is Lindor, obviously, but yeah. Connor Joe just looks like he's having a blast out there. He does look like he's having a good time. Servin was pretty much enjoying his his MLB, you know, first two home runs. Chris Bryant's a handsome fellow with those with those baby blues and that dark hair combo. Mm. Uh, this is, I feel like we're in Trevor Plouffe territory talking about <laughs> hot boys, um, the Rockies which I, I'm, I'm okay boys, with. Man. They do. I'm okay with, uh, but yeah, that's uh Connor Joe, uh, very impressed with his style of play. Yeah. Uh, they got a, they got a good group of young ball players coming up. Um, once they said bye to Rymel Tapia, your, your boy, Damn. uh, <laughs> Damn. <laughs> but, uh, I like this team, you know, they, they're in a tough division. Um, but they're, they're scrappy, dude. Yeah. I mean, I'm very glad that our team is not playing the NL West. Cause it really looks like there's just no breathing room top to bottom in this division. I mean, like we kind of all were perplexed at the Rockies offseason moves to make that six year deal for Chris Bryant. But I mean, the you know, results are there so far. It. Like, I don't get it, but also like. The Rockies have the highest attendance out of any baseball team they have for like the past five years. They deserve some sort of winning product on the field. So I'm happy for their fans, at least. Some guy to choose. Yeah. To cheer for. Yeah. I like that. I like it too. Yeah. Um, uh, so, I mean, the Mets did not crank it offensively in this series, which is a little bit worrisome. They had 10 runs in three games, a lot of missed opportunities with runners in scoring position. But I mean, aside from the bullpen blow up between Medina and Shreve and kind of the shaky start from T will, the pitching looked real, real good in this series. Yeah, man. Again, just shout out to those guys. It's hard to pitch in Colorado. Your yeah. ball doesn't do the same thing it does normally. Like, it literally is weird. Um, you have to make adjustments on the fly. So that whole, you know, Shreve had – he gave up some some hits, but he also, you know, he get beat sometimes. Yeah. He didn't make terrible pitches. Um you were telling me about like how you had to throw your changeup a lot more at cores, right? Yeah, so I ha- I couldn't throw a cutter because it didn't do anything, and then my changeup became like it would cut, like the way, normal way I would throw a changeup, and it would go in and then kind of break down and into a lefty away to a righty. It wouldn't do that. It would it would uh, it became a cutter. Yeah, and so I would throw my changeup and try to I would throw it in a count where I would throw a cutter. And it became effective that way. So you're just like, it's, you're reinventing yourself there. Um, but I'm sure Adovino having a history of playing there really helped the guys out that hadn't been there before. Yeah. Or even the guys that had been there before. He's like, here, here, these are the things that you need to do to prepare. Take your cleats off, take your socks off, walk in the grass beforehand, <laughs> get yourself grounded. I saw so that, that clip. And then, you know, he gives you tips on how to pitch. So, you know, they did a good job, man. It's, it's a tough place to play. Um, elevation is high like you yeah. don't feel it until you like you're out there running your sprints and then you're like why am i so winded already and yeah. it's because of the elevation dude it really is different if you've never ran it out at altitude before it's just it's different yeah medina had kind of a rude awakening uh, in his course field debut i he's been so good this season but i still got the faith especially because he's a four pitch reliever like he will come back around i'm sure if that... you're gonna blow it up blow it up there yeah uh, and shreve too if you're gonna if you're both gonna have a blow up it's gonna happen it's baseball these are really good hitters too just pile them together get it all out and get blown out 11 to four in one ball game. And then it's done. You're washed clean. Yeah. I mean, Shreve yeah, exactly. had a, I think he had like a 1.5 this season and the last three starts has taken him up to a 4.5. He wasn't going to be a sub two reliever forever. 
I just hope that he yeah. can return to being effective and Buck uses him in the right spots. But, I mean, they won the cookie game and they won the Taiwan game. And th- that's the most important part to me because those are the guys they need to pick it up in the absence of Scherzer and DeGrom. We need these guys to be their prime versions of themselves. And Taiwan looked so good in his start yesterday. Really confident. Really uh, attacking with the high fastball like you said he would uh, in our, mm. our series probables. Are you foreshadowing? Mm, maybe I am a little bit. I don't know. All right, guys. I just want to thank today's sponsor, which is Greg Morris Cards. They're the most trusted sports card seller on the planet, proven by science. Uh, GMC, they sell over 80,000 sports cards every month, which is over 2,000 a day, if you can believe that. That's all exclusively on eBay. They sold over a million cards in 2021 last year. Uh, GMC is known for selling vintage cards, but they also sell modern cards, including all of today's stars. Stalling Marte, Brandon Nimmo. Pete Alonzo, Francisco Lindor, Jacob deGrom. There's no other stars unless they play on the New York Mets. You guys know that. Uh, There's free combined shipping when you order two or more cards from them. And why do people trust GMC for buying cards? Well, their team has been hand grading every card they sell for years. Buyers trust their grades. And if Greg says the card is mint, you know that the card is mint. So go to gregmorriscards.com to see their inventory. Follow them on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and all other social media platforms to see all their deal deals and content. And this month only when you check out, send them a message through eBay saying you heard about GMC through John Boy and get $5 off your order of $50 or more. That's gregmorriscards.com. Check it out, guys. Let's get right into the apple of our eye. I'm excited for this one. I'm excited because I'm I'm gonna go first because I'm amped up for this. I let's do it. The stars have aligned. Uh, no one had a a huge monster performance that where we needed to pick them, so I can finally go with my guy who I've been trying to praise for a while now. Uh, Luis Guillorme is the apple of my eye. I love it. Good for Louis. I mean, you look at his stat line in these three games. He went five for seven, which is a great batting average clip. Nothing really outside of that. Five singles. But Luis Guillorme, I, I think that we, we talked a lot uh, when Robinson Cano got released about what this means for J.D. Davis and what this means for Tom Smith and how they're going to get more opportunities. I never thought that the guy that it would benefit the most is Luis Guillorme. Because Luis Guillorme, if you look at his past week of games is an everyday starter now. And I think it's really, really cool. I mean, aside from just his five hits that he made, he had a very clutch play uh, during <sighs> Taiwan's start where he just made it look seamless at third base. And Eddie, yeah. Eddie's been good at third. He had a really shaky series against the Cardinals, and I think that's what a lot of people are uh, remembering right now, recency bias, whatever. Um, but Guillaume is just so silky smooth wherever you put him. And him and Lindor on the left side of the field is just such a fun watch to have as a Mets fan. And I feel like we're, I tweeted this before, but I feel like we're watching Guillaume blossom before our very eyes, getting to play every day, uh, yeah. working every count, very similar to McNeil. Uh, it's like having two McNeils in the lineup a little bit because these guys just slap the ball. Uh, they're, they're not trying to hit home runs, either of them, and they're working the count every single time. I would not be shocked if we see Guillaume rise in the order sooner rather than later just because I think he's one of Buck's favorite guys. He plays sound defense. He's never striking out. Uh, and he's been an absolute joy to watch this season. So Luis Guillorme, the apple of my eye. I love it. Well deserved, man. He uh, people. It it seems because he looks like an old man, but he's only twenty seven. He's been around for a long time. Yep. This is when he's entering his prime. He's never really had the chance to have a sustained spot in this lineup. Yep. And he, you know, he had a really good twenty twenty. I think he hit. 
333. Yeah, he hit yep. 333 with an 865 OPS. And he's doing kind of that right now at 338 with an 857 OPS. Like he's not, I don't know if he's going to sustain this kind of ability. And I love what Mark Canna said about, um, you know, they're like, what's going on with Luis Guillorme? He's a hot hitter. And Canna's like, don't say he's a hot hitter. He's, a good he's just hitter. getting, he's getting the results of what he's trying to do. He's being productive. He's a good hitter. This is what he expects from himself. And that's true, man. I think it's, I think it's, you know, he doesn't, he hasn't had the chance to identify who he is as a player besides how good he is with his glove. Mm-hmm. He's been a good pinch hitter. He, we know he doesn't have, you know, 20 home run capability in there, at least at this point in his career, he hasn't shown that kind of ability, but this is his first taste of real sustained playing time. Um, Buck is finding spots to put him in because he is doing so well. And it's awesome because if you're hitting and you're a plus defender, it's easy to put you in that lineup. I don't see him moving up. Mm -hmm. I think uh, comfort level pressure wise is is smarter at the back end of that, of uh, that lineup. And it's just a bonus when you get some kind of added production from that guy, but yeah, good for him. He deserves the apple. Did you go over his stats? Yeah, I, w- I want to touch on a couple things here. Uh, he started yeah. only eight games in April. Now he has 12 starts in May, and the month's not over yet, so he's probably going to yep. get a couple more before the month ends. He's 15 for 38 in May, four walks to go along with that, only six strikeouts, a homer, three RBI, two doubles, a 395 batting average, a 965 OPS in May. Luis Guillerme is breaking out. If you're not on the train, you better get on, guys, because it's, it's taken off. It's taken off. <laughs> And that's good, man. This is what Buck Showalter does too. It's, it's, you know, we talked about it last time. Are What are you doing? Are you performing? Then you're going to get in there. If you're throwing really well, you're going to get out there. You know, we, it's merit-based. You are earning your playing time and you're rolling with it. This is about the team. It isn't about the name, your salary, you know, how much money you make, your superstar, your Twitter follows. This is about how good you're playing baseball. And Luis Guillorme is playing a great game of baseball, and so he's getting out there. I love it. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's worrisome news for Dom and JD, but at the same time, like we're down some guys right now. We got to play our best lineup. We got to put our best and, guys. And out at there. some point, one of those or both of those guys are going to get the hot ticket, and they're going to start to play really hot, and they're going to start to be the one cycling in a little bit more, getting more playing time, moving around. So yep. it's 162 games right now. This is. LG's, you know, moment. He's shining. I'm happy for him. He's a good teammate, a good ball player. I'm I'm happy he's getting his, his time to shine. So it's good. Jerry, who's your apple going to? So I was going to pick Luis Guillorme as well, but uh, I'm going to do what apparently I've done a few times already in mm-hmm. the history of our, our podcast. And I am giving the apple of my eye to Mr. Taiwan Walker. I mean, what? a performance yep the guy was absolutely dominant let's look at his line here seven innings pitched no runs five hits two walks six punches just dominant at a place where you don't do that yep uh you don't go seven shutout uh innings in today's ball game you don't do that at Coors Field we needed it he stepped up. Buck gave him a couple of opportunities to work out of it, and he did. There was a, a moment in like the fifth where he had some runners on and mm-hmm. came out of it. There was a, in the seventh inning, they were like, oh, he's got like 84 pitches. Is he coming back out? 
He came back out, got runners on first and second with nobody out, and then shut it down. He just came up clutch. He looks great. That fastball up that we talked about has that zip. He's been able to locate that splitter. He's been throwing a lot of first pitch curveballs mm-hmm. to lefties and righties to get ahead. Yep. Uh, he looks great. And, you know, I'm always kind of watching him, trying to see his body language, if he's feeling, you know, sore, what he's working through. But he's just – he's been really good. He looks fantastic. I'm happy for Taiwan. He is the apple of my eye. Very nice for Taiwan. That, uh, that splitter that we keep talking about, this might have been – Weirdly enough, at Coors Field, the best that it's looked all season. He threw it uh, 30 times this start. He got 21 swings and seven whiffs on that thing, which is a season high for him. He was just attacking the zone. He was not afraid of this Rockies lineup, not, afa- not afraid of what the ballpark might do to him. And I think Taiwan needs a swagger back, and I feel like he has it right now. I feel like maybe he was questioning his spot in the rotation a little bit before when we had six options, and now we're down to really four true guys, so he knows he has to be a guy for this team. And I think he wants to be a guy for this team. You know, he was an all-star last year. He had an incredible first half, and I feel like people are undermining him a little bit because of what happened at the tail end of last season. And I really love that Taiwan is shoving right now. And, you know, he's got some tough matchups coming up soon, but he just looks as confident as he was last year, and that's exactly what we need right now. He he earned it uh, between him and Cookie. Those are the two performances we need out of both of those guys. This is what this is what this Mets team has been doing. They've been stepping up in moments when they need then the team needs them. And that's exactly what we needed from Taiwan. Uh, he looks he looks really good. And it, it's not like it just kind of like uh, it's just sustainable the the way our offense plays it's kind of like what he's doing if he can continue to spot he's not going to win every game and he's not going to throw seven shutout every game but if he's able to to execute his pitches like he did uh during this series he's going to have success every time out because he was locating his fastball where he needed to he was throwing a splitty for strikes and getting the chase when he needed to and he was able to spin that curveball for a first pitch strike that is a that is a recipe for success in the big leagues because he, you're going to be able to have success against every lineup. You're not going to win every game. You're not going to throw a shutout every game, but that is a, a very, very repeatable way to be successful. Yeah, and I talked about it uh, when he had his start against St. Louis. He went five innings, gave up three earned runs, tons of base runners in that game, but like he kept his composure. He still wasn't afraid to throw his A pitches and like use that curveball like you were talking about before. A lot of first pitch curveballs in this last start, but it really feels like he trusts that pitch now. And like it's not giving up a lot of home runs to where it was last year, where it was getting hung in the zone a little bit. And like that fastball looks way more untouchable than even it was in his great starts last year. And I feel like he's just locating it better. He's trusting himself. And like, as long as he keeps that home run ball down, I think that is the X factor for Taiwan because it's what killed him last year uh, in the second half. And I feel like, you know, if you can do it at Coors Field, you can do it anywhere, you know? Yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's true. Uh, I like it. So I want to, we, we, you put up a couple of options here in the Apple of Ride notes, Shout out to Starling Marte for coming back off the bereavement list with that home run. Pete Alonso goes four for nine with a double. Nimmo four for 11 with an RBI and a walk. Uh, Cookie five and a third with only one run. Uh, just, just a good, just a good series for the guys, you know, happy to, to, to get out of there and they're on their way to San Francisco. 
Yeah, it, was, it could have been a bad one for Starling, especially because he was hot, went on the bereavement list, and then had to come back in Colorado, but he just kept doing what he was doing prior. Hopefully he uh, continues to trend upward because he was really starting to come around. He looked he looked really good before he left. It's it's His swing was he was putting the barrel on the ball quite a bit. Uh, he was doing his disruptor style of baseball. I love it. So. Yeah. So I thought we'd take you guys around the NL East just for a quick check-in. We don't do this every episode because we don't want to standings watch too much. But, I mean, the Mets have developed a pretty good lead here, eight games in the National League East. Uh, The Braves and Marlins played. The Braves took two out of three. They have a lot of slumping hitters in their lineup right now. Austin Riley, Matt Olson, Ozzie Albies, all kind of struggling uh, struggling in the month of May. Braves are 5-6 and in their last 11. Marlins are 6-14 and in May after kind of being the second-place team in the NL East. The Phillies were able to squeak one out in the final game of their set against the Dodgers. They lost two out of three. Uh, they lost five of their last seven. They scored just 12 runs in their last six games. Did you see how uh, the final game of that uh, Phillies-Dodgers set went? Did you see what happened at the end? I didn't. Uh, they went what extra. Happened? They went extras. Dodgers took the lead, and then uh, the Phillies were one out away from losing, one strike away from losing, I think. And Max Muncy, who I think moved to second base because of uh, defensive issues or whatever, uh, had a routine ground ball go right to him. He muffed it. They were able to bring home two runs on the ground ball, and they able they were able to win the game four to three uh, when it very easily could have been a sweep. So I mean, good for the Phillies, I guess. They got some luck there. Yeah, I mean Muncy's uh he's not hitting and now he's making errors. He played he played second base, I think, when they had him in Oakland, right? They had him at second base. Yeah, I think he's played second base in the past. That's and he's done it earlier this season too. Yeah. So Phillies when, catch uh, a when break. they signed Freddie Freeman, he was like, I'll play second. So I mean that would make their lineup crazy if he was hitting. So I mean, I don't know when that's gonna come around. Hopefully he Justin stays. Justin Turner cold. just came came back and he's hitting well now and yeah. and Muncie, so I don't need them to well. heat up for when we play them. So hopefully they can stay cold a little bit for like two more weeks. But we'll so see. Uh, the Braves Marlins series, the Braves took two or three. Do you know the game that they didn't win? Uh, the Sandy Alcantara game. So Sandy Alcantara. That's what I was looking up. Uh, he went CG. Yeah. <laughs> against the Braves. One of the only guys I, that really does that anymore. Dude, he their their rotation, their pitching is incredible. Um so he went nine, six hits, three runs, no earned runs, two walks, seven punches. He's got a 2.11 ERA on the season, only threw 115 pitches. Uh, he is really damn good. Maybe Real the dumb. most, I guess, underrated starting pitcher in the National League right now because nobody talks about him, and he is fantastic. He was my dark horse to win the Cy Young this year. He kind of had a rough start, but he's really coming around now. If that Marlins lineup can just wake up, they're, they can very easily be a scary team because they just pitch so damn well. Pablo Lopez has been so good this year, too. Like Rodgers, yeah. Rodgers, kind of a slow start, but I'm sure he'll come around because he was so good last year. Uh, the Mets don't play them for a while still. I don't. I, I think this we don't this play schedule, the crunched up schedule, and because of the, the lockout, it's kind of weird, yeah. and it's setting, you know, I mean, we're going – to the West Coast, back home, back to the West Coast. Like yeah. that's silly. That's tough. But uh, there's things like that all through the all through the 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 whole schedule. So yeah, a uh, little rankings roundup for the Mets. Jerry, give me that. Give me that echo. I want to hear it again. Yeah. Rankings roundup. Rankings roundup. Little uh, Gilbert Godfrey there, a little bit. I don't know. I was doing like a weird like circus, maybe. Okay. I don't know. Like circus announcer. I kind of like that. Yeah, I don't know. I could see you in that little, little carnival top hat. 
Get that going. I don't know if I'm offended or I'm impressed. You by that. should be uh, gracious that I could picture you in that. It means you're a versatile character. Come on, man. <laughs> okay, I'll take that. My, Mets, it, uh, Mets you rotation. Want to, you, you want to put me in the Zach Efron or um, uh, the Hugh Jackman role? Hugh Jackman role for sure. I don't. I don't see Zach Efron in you. I'm sorry. That's okay. Hey, uh, Hugh Jackman is that bad? No, not at all. Exactly. He's the greatest showman. I agree. I, I like that his, uh, his range is he's either doing a Broadway show or he's Wolverine. I've always liked that about Hugh Jackman. Dude, he is like his, <laughs> he's a musical guy. He yeah. just happened to be like, they're like, hey, try this. And he's incredible as Logan, you know, as Wolverine. Yeah. But he, this is his bread and butter. What he likes to do is like Broadway. Yeah. That's, now he's doing Music Man, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, he's just, you know, good for what Hugh. a guy. Good for Hugh. Yeah. Hopefully a friend of the pod in the future. Is he a Mets fan? He might be. Who knows? I mean, he's probably a cricket guy. <laughs> that probably makes more sense. Uh, <laughs> Mets rotation, still very, very good without our two Cy Youngs in there. 5.8 walk percentage is second in MLB right now. 23.4 strikeout percentage, ninth in MLB. 3.26 ERA is sixth in MLB, and their 1.10 whip is third among all major league teams. Offense is still cranking, doing what they do best. They're second in MLB for strikeout percentage at 19.8 and on-base percentage at 3.28. 253 batting average dropped from second to third in this last set still batting 253 so that's a good mark there 194 runs is six on the year and then the three offensive guys that we always shout out brandon nimmo his 390 on base is fourth in the nl jeff mcneil jeff mchits 306 batting average is fifth in the nl and then pete alonzo who is getting uh, getting a lot of mvp rumors love from sny i saw that a lot this weekend he's getting attacked for it as well uh, 10 home runs is tied for second in the NL. 37 RBI is first in the National League. Tied for the Major League lead with Jose Ramirez. Very nice for our guy, the Polar Bear. Well, I mean, the I'm, Polar I'm, Bear. Can I can I get your temperature on this? Is there a, is there a shot in the world that Pete Alonso can take home the NL MVP? Do you really think so? I do. Why not? I don't know, what? man. Because we've never won one, so I, I'm always conditioned to believe Why that we never he? will. I mean, I don't he know. doesn't have he doesn't have your your prototypical, especially in today's era of you have to play like a premium defensive spot, right? But Freddie Freeman won it. How how long ago did Freddie Freeman? 2020 win? was when he won it. 2020. Yeah. First baseman. You know, he's better at first than than Pete Alonso is, but Pete Alonso is a better home run hitter. I don't know if you drive in 140 runs, you know, hard to, hard to argue against. There's a lot of his wars never going to be high enough yeah. to, to compete. You know, you're going to have to fight against, well, I mean, Harper's not playing the field right now. Juan Soto looks human. It's a really, bit. it's Manny Machado's the guy to beat right now. Yeah. Machado's like on another planet right now. Yeah. Like, you know, it's not even close, but I, I mean, Giambi, you know, these are the, this is a flashback to like, your power guy that that plays first base and hits absolute home runs. I love it. There's no reason I don't see him in the in the argument again for for winning the MVP. He's going to be in the conversation. Yeah, I feel like this is the Mets' closest shot since like David Wright was around. Really, in those like late 2000s teams, like I think Alonzo's play discipline has been good. He has a 3.49 on base. He has that RBI lead, 10 home runs. Like I'm conditioned to believe it won't happen, and I feel like a lot of people you know, or maybe under, cause I saw the segment that was like, would you rather have Pete Alonzo for the next five or Aaron judge for the next five? Alonzo is a great player. I don't know if he's a top five player in MLB yet, but like he could certainly get there with the kind of season that he's having right now. I don't know. Yeah. That's, I mean, if you're, if you're taking judge or Pete Alonzo, you take judge like for sure. I don't, I don't know, man. Wow. Uh, because, well, I mean, if, if, 
all things being equal, and they play 162 games, yeah, each, you're going to take Judge. Yeah. But Judge doesn't hasn't shown that he could do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pete Alonso has. Pete Alonso plays every day. Judge has been hurt a lot. Yeah. So uh, that factor factors in for me. But I, I wanted to to make a counterpoint to your uh, MVP since David Wright. There is one guy that got close, and my computer's oh, going slow right now. Cespedes. Not just Cespedes. There's oh. a pitcher that almost won MVP. He got oh, fifth in the voting. Right. His name is Jacob DeGrom. Yes, sir. In that 2018 season, he finished fifth. I think that might be the closest. Can uh, I can I ask you as a pitcher, do you, do you think that uh, if it's warranted, a pitcher should win MVP in any case? Absolutely. Okay. I do think... I do think there should be another, you know, they call it the Hank Aaron award for like most outstanding hitter, but there should be a Cy Young. There should be a hitter version of the Cy Young. And then there should be the MVP. Mm, okay. Interesting. I think. Yeah. I mean, Verlander won it, I think a few years ago, I think the, the 2012 NL MVP that went to Kutch, that was kind of one where like a pitcher might've won if he had an otherworldly season, just cause like all those guys were kind of in line. But yeah, the closest I think we've seen somebody come to it was that 2018 DeGrom season. Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> I mean, Yelich hit 326, OPS of 1,000, had 36, 110, 22 bags. Tough to beat. Yeah, I mean, but if you look at war, which is what you should look at, Yelich was 7.3. DeGrom that year was 9.9. Yeah, he was the leader in war that year. Not like not even freaking close. Yeah. Like, it's wild. That was the year he had a 1.7 ERA, like, so if you're going to go straight analytics, that's, that's, I don't but, know. Depends who uh, you are. I do think, I do think because last year in the American league, it's not fair. Otani is, a, is a, the MVP. He's it's just going to win close, every year if he stays healthy. But he man. wasn't the best hitter in the game. That's true. He was, you know, that was, that went to, I mean, it was not an argument, but it was Vladdy Jr. Right. Was incredible and was a way better offensive producer than, than Otani. But Otani, with how good he was on the mound, you know. And that's that, why I kind of like your awards idea for the AL because I don't think Otani would have been the Cy Young or the Hank Aaron, but he would have been the MVP. You know what I mean? Correct. So it would have been is, three different he award He deserved winners. it, but he he didn't win the Cy Young because that – who did that go to last year in the uh, AL? AL Cy Young was Robbie Ray. Robbie, Yeah, Robbie Ray. Uh, and then Vladdy Jr. should have won whatever the hitter's version of that. Yeah. And then the MVP is Otani because he's – you know, top 10 in both, both sides at that point, you can't touch that. Yeah, man. But uh, yeah, I think, I think there should be a way for a pitcher to win both. I like that perspective in the existence of Shohei Otani. Cause I feel like even though Otani doesn't exist, you get a double up winner every year. Cause it's either the best hitter or the best pitcher. Whatever. Yeah. And that, and that comes down to like, what is it? What would be a comparative? Like that's like, <laughs> I don't know why this popped into my head, but it's like uh, the grand champion at, at what, what's that dog show? Westminster oh, dog show. God, I'm not going to remember the name of this, but I, I think it's about. the Westminster. Dog I'll trust show. you. I'll trust you. I don't even know why that popped <laughs> into my head, but like the well, grand champion. I mean, that's champion, like, you know, a very popular sport. I get it. People, the bet pound for pound time. kind of, you know, I don't know. That's, Are you like uh, an avid dog sport watcher? I am not. Is this what I'm figuring out about you? When is it that? When is that on? Isn't the it way, during the, the Super Bowl? Or am I, I think it's like either right before a major sporting event or right after. Jerry, if you're an avid fan, you should know this. Come on. I do like the movie Dog Show, <laughs> which is hilarious. Have <laughs> you ever seen that movie? I have not. Eugene, I've seen Eugene Hotel Levy. For dogs. Um, I can't think of her name, but the the mother, the mom from. Uh, 
Jack, can, Shits you, Creek, can you pull up Dog Show and see the actresses? The mom name? from Shits Creek and Eugene Levy, the Shits Creek duo. Producer they, Their best in show. It's brilliant. Who's going to pull up the uh, name? Catherine O'Hara, I think that's her name. Jack is a Catherine O'Hara. Uh, give me one sec. I'm, I'm okay, he's, it right, he's working hard right Audio now. Jack chiming in. Good. Hey, everybody. Show? Audio Jack. Dog Show, the movie. This is a really is it good episode. Best in Show? Best in Show. Best there in Show. There it is. There it is. This is why we have it. It's perfect. Where's I? All right. <laughs> All right. <laughs> it is Catherine O'Hara. I think that's her first name. I mean, I wanted him to Best find it. Best in Show cast. He's really struggling. Here. Catherine O'Hara. Yeah. Uh, Eugene Levy. So if you like Shit's Creek, you would like Best I in do Show. Like Shit's Creek. It's a good show. Yeah. Jane Lynch. So Best in Show Jane is Lynch like that. Jane Lynch was in it too. Jennifer weird. Coolidge. Whoa, this is a crazy movie. It's like a weird British humor. Who directed that? Uh, director. <laughs> is that Paul Thomas Anderson? Uh, it might be. PTA. Uh, Christopher Guest. Oh, Christopher He's Guest. The- He's uh the guy from uh, what's the what's the British uh. <laughs> All right, I'm in an IMDb hole now. Well, I know. Hold on, hold on. What's the What's the 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 life of Brian? Oh, Monty Python. Monty Python. Christopher Guest is a Monty Python guy, right? No. Oh. Yeah. So, it's a very British humor. Best in Show. If you're like the Royal Tenenbaums, that kind of oh, weird sense of humor, then you'll Wes like Best Anderson. in Show. That's not my favorite Wes Anderson, though. I don't think it is. Wes Anderson. I said Paul Thomas Anderson. Not even in the same. They're both category. really good, but they're very different. So very I, different. Yeah, they have the same last name. Yeah. So it's kind of yeah, easy to compare. They're Maybe both they're amazing filmmakers, but definitely not the same. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. We've gone down the rabbit hole. Sorry, uh, all your Shea Station listeners, but we are in a Maybe movie Maybe they pod. enjoyed it. Maybe we need a cinema pod. You never know. I'm in. Jerry, John Boy movies. who are we playing next? All right. We're previewing the San Francisco <laughs> Giants. We have a three-game set out in San Francisco. Uh, we have David Peterson coming in after being great for his first couple of starts, went down to AAA, also did really good. Uh, he's going against Alex Cobb, who's had kind of an up and down year. Mm. Um, he's throwing a lot harder, but the results aren't there. They're looking to iron him out. Um, Peterson's taking Scherzer's spot in this rotation. It's his first start since May 3rd. He has yet to reach six innings and a start this year by design. They've been pulling him a little bit early, trying to keep that confidence up, but it'll be interesting to see if he's cruising, how they handle him. Uh, Cobb against the Mets on 419, when four and a third gave up three runs on six hits, four Ks. He got hurt that game. Uh, And then in his last start, he went five and a third, gave up seven on 10 hits, one walk, only four Ks. That's what Coors Field would do to most people. Not mm-hmm. Taiwan Walker. Not Taiwan Walker. Uh, Eddie Escobar is four for 13 in his career against Cobb with a home run. Game two, Christopher Bassett back in the Bay Area mm. going up against uh, Cy Young candidate Logan Webb and his 3.54 ERA. Logan Webb against 419 against these New York Mets only went three and two thirds of an inning, three hits, six hits. Three walks and one K. He did not look himself. He's kind of had a weird start to his year. He doesn't look as sharp as he was in the past. And he's been throwing a lot of balls, allowing a lot of walks, which is good for this Mets lineup that's very patient. Speaking of patient, Mark Canna in his career against Logan Webb is four for seven with two home runs. Love to see that. Oh, yeah. Uh, Brandon Crawford in his career against Chris Bassett is four for nine with a home run. Uh, the San Francisco Giants rotation ERA is 4.24, which is 19th in the National League. Bullpen ERA of 3.83, not in the National League, in Major League, because Major there's league. not that many teams in the National League. Analysis. And 18th in the MLB. Yeah, not kind of lower than I would expect for this guy. Like, yeah, these guys they've had shut people out last year. It was crazy. 
Yeah, they've had uh, some up and downs. They haven't been hitting the home runs, but they're still producing at a high rate, Yeah, uh, which I'll get into in a minute. Mm. But game three, we are speculating that Thomas Zapucky is going to be making his 2022 season debut in the big leagues against Jacob Junis and his 2.7 ERA. That guy is pitching lights out. Mm. Jolly mentioned it beforehand that he thinks he's their like reclamation project for this year. Yeah. That we're going to say, you know, the Kevin Gosman, you know, kind of out of nowhere uh, to elite. Uh, Zabucky following uh, ulnar transposition surgery. That's where they move the nerve that's uh, after UCL surgery uh, because it's getting inflamed. Mm. He's got 22 innings pitched with a sparkling 2.86 ERA and 30 Ks. Jacob Junis has gone at least five innings in all five of his starts this year, which is pretty impressive. And his last game, he had uh, was his first giving up more than two earned runs in a start. It was against the Padres. He went six, gave up four on seven hits two K's and a big home run Lindor in his career, which is quite extensive off of Jacob Junis and his former uh, iteration in Kansas city is 18 for 36. That's 500 and a big sample size (laughs) with five home runs and 14 RBI. So I'm safe to say that you're going to see Francisco Lindor in the lineup against that guy. Uh, Mark Cannon and Eddie have also homered off Junis in their career. So that is the pitching matchups. Very nice. Well Part done, of their as always. Team that you're going to want to look up uh, and pay attention to. I highlighted uh, Connor Joe mm. last, you know, last series. Um, Darren Ruff is pretty hot. Yeah, he's started off kind of shaky, and then our boy Wilmer Flores is looking good, and he's always done well against the Mets. It feels like. Um, yeah. But those are the two guys. They've had some of their stars are struggling. Longoria is coming back from injury. He hasn't really been swinging it very well. But Ruff and Wilmer have been hitting the ball really well. Yeah, Brandon Belt hit the I.L., so he won't be around for this series. Joey Bart had a really hot start to the season. He's really cooled down. He's batting just 162 now. Uh, he had a hot start? Yeah. Uh, Joey wow, Bart had a really good like first two weeks of the season, but he's really come back down to earth. Uh, Jock had a really good April. He's kind of simmered down a little bit. We're kind of catching the Giants in a good spot right now, if I'm being completely <laughs> honest. Like a lot of the guys, the big, oh, a big guy for me right now is Mikey Stremski. He's been pretty good the past ah, couple yeah, of weeks. Yeah, Yaz and Ruff are their yeah. two, their two best, uh, best hitters right now. Yeah, so I'd look out for They're Yaz. They're probably going to be three, four, three, four, five somewhere in yeah in that area in the lineup. Yastrzemski was maybe their best reclamation project. A guy that kind of off the trash heap and has been all star level player. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think everybody kind of thought that Cobb was going to be the guy that comes to the rotation and gets his career uh, turned around. Uh, instead, it's been Jacob Junis, who's been really, really good uh, for the San Francisco Giants. I don't know what they unlocked with him, but he's been excellent. Uh, so that should be an interesting Game 3 matchup. I'm really interested to see how Thomas Zapucky does. Uh, he's been good at AAA this year. He only threw that one inning for us last year and then got injured. Uh, he's a guy that was drafted in 2015, long time ago. Uh, and has taken sort of a, a longer time since his high school days to get to the major leagues. This kind of seems like it's his prime moment. This is going to be his best shot to prove that he belongs at the MLB level. And he's got a tough test uh, with the San Francisco Giants in his first start. But, I mean, it's going to be four to six weeks until Scherzer comes back. Uh, we don't know if it's going to be Trevor Williams going forward, Zipucky going forward, maybe Trevor Cahill, who the Mets signed. 
to a minor league deal. Former teammate of yours, right? I think. Yeah, they signed. When did they sign Trevor? A couple weeks ago. Kind of flew under the radar. Now it's I being missed like that. Uh, I'm gonna shoot him a text. Yeah. So I mean, that's a guy you played with in your A's days. I think didn't he win like rookie of the year over there? Or I think he was really good and he got some Cy Young votes. Then they yeah, flipped yeah. Into he was, Arizona. He had a great start. He's reinvented himself a few times. Yeah. Uh, just a just a good power sinker, but yeah. he's been four seamer curveball. He's a, he's a good pitcher. He's uh that's a good depth piece. I'm glad they signed him. He's yeah. a good guy. I think he's hanging out at AAA right now. Mets love their sinker ball pitchers. It's no secret. Um, so I'm really looking for PD and Bassett to come through in this series. I'm kind of glad Bassett got to dodge uh, Coors Field because he's been giving up a lot of home runs lately. Um, happy for Petey. I don't know. I'm curious to see what length they have him at because I think they're really trying to preserve this bullpen in this six week stretch as best as they can. Uh, but Petey has that sparkling 1.89 ERA hasn't faced the giants yet, but uh, he's looked good in all the starts. This is going to be kind of the biggest pressure that Chris Bassett has faced in our rotation because he's the guy he's our number one right now. Uh, and he, they're going to need him because we've got, you know, uh, basically our sixth and seventh you know, guys in our rotation right now. Um, Zipucky's auditioning, but I think that that all things going well, he's he, he might have a couple of trips through this rotation um, if he's if he looks semi-stable because he's the guy that they're going to want to need. And another lefty in that yeah in that rotation would be nice to, to go with Peterson. Um, I know Peterson's going to get a couple trips because he's earned it with his previous starts, but this is a big test and, and Bassett's going to, He's going to, you know, be the guy anyway, but they're going to be looking for him to put up, you know, a really good start. Yeah. You know, it's not pressure to, to be a shutout, but they're they're going to look for him to be steady presence. Yeah, we're still waiting on further updates on Tyler McGill. We don't exactly know where he's at with uh, his uh, current timetable. We know Scherzer's four to six weeks. Uh, so Zapucky's tenure is kind of dependent on, one, his performance, obviously, but two, how fast Tyler McGill is able to heal uh, with his injury. I thought uh, Max was six to eight. Oh, six to eight. Excuse me. I kept saying okay, four yeah, to six. I'm getting, people, sure. I'm getting people's hopes up. That's my bad. I just I just wanted to, to clarify that. Yeah. I would love four to six, but I think, yeah, six to eight is the uh, correct number. But yeah, four man. to six days, please. So quick road trip here on the West Coast. The Mets are going to come back to the West Coast after they play Philly and Washington. Uh, so tough for them. but you know. That's a tough, like, it's tough. That is, that is a, this is part of the grind of this, you know, lockout shortened time frame um they're just like hey these are the this is what you got to do yeah so so be it everybody has to do some form of of suck it up during the season and this is their version and the Mets with show walter and, and their veteran presence will be like look yeah it sucks guess what i still got to go out there and perform so guys won't be give themselves time to complain they will go out there and do what they got to do maybe spend an extra 20 minutes in that hot tub getting loose but they'll be fine yeah, so the Mets took three or four from the Giants in their first meeting at City Field. Hopefully we can continue the winning ways. It would be huge to score winning records against both the Cardinals and the Giants this early in the season. Um, and yeah, man, just keep taking two out of three. Do what you guys do. Get on base. Draw your walks against the team that's walking a lot of batters and not hitting a lot of home runs. This seems like it's a good matchup for the Mets catching the Giants at a good time when they're not blazing hot like they were all of last year. Yeah, you should see uh, guys taking advantage of this uh, hot and stormy 50-degree weather that they're going to get yeah. <laughs> after playing in the 40s there for that first day. But, uh, yeah, this will, this, this will be a good series. The Giants may be kind of down a little bit, but they're going to scrap. They're, they got a good leadership, good team, um, a good organization. So they're going to fight, man. They're going to try to win, too. Um, nice to take another series. Let's get them. 
That's all I got, Jer. You got anything I'm else? done as well. I don't want to talk anymore. We we already went down a movie rabbit hole. I don't want to send too many people uh, scurrying away from Shea Station to try <laughs> to find our our uh, John Boy Shea podcast for movies. I think they liked it. They might have. Let us know. We'll see. You get the feedback. I don't get anything. Tweet at Jerry then. No. <laughs> don't tweet at me. Tweet at Jerry. Tweet at me. I love it. I hear him. Hey, let's go Mets. Let's go Mets. We'll see you guys next time. Alonzo to his left, flipped to the ground, and the ball game is over.